Father God, I pray for everyone who's going through a fire experience right now. And I pray that they'll know your presence, Jesus, in an incredible, incredible way. And that you'll bring them through unharmed, untouched, and free and loose to progress in their future. Right now, Lord, just be all that they need you to be in Jesus' name. Amen. You know that story, if you don't know the Bible, is based on three men, Shadrach, Mish, and Abednego, who went into a fiery furnace because of their faith. And the only thing, they were going inbound to a fire, and the only thing that happened is that they were loosed, and they were free in the fire, and not a, not a hair on their head was burned or singed, because in the fire they get loosed. So you are going through stuff now, God's going to free you and loose you, you're not going to be harmed, you're going to come through stronger and greater. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sure, appreciate Gary leading us this morning. I'm sure he wasn't thinking, Pastor Jim's about to preach, we're going through the fire. I better just sing, I'm going through the fire. Okay. Impression was, if you want fun through there, if you want the fire through here this morning. As you know, if you're part of the church, uh, Isaiah 54 and 2 and 3 is a key portion for us. But we're talking about stretching, strengthening it and stretching in different ways. And through the month of March, we're looking at strengthening our engagement, our involvement, our getting our hands dirty, so to speak, in the kingdom of God. And for some, that might not just be strengthening, that might be stretching. Last year, we had a great word from last week from Pastor David, who's down at a Young Lions AOG thing in England this year, about being committed and devoted from Acts chapter 2. But today, I just want to share a little bit on Moses and when God was calling him. Moses is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Uh, I, I think he's a great guy, but want to look at how we can learn and apply from his life and God's connecting with him what we can do and how we can get involved. It's an incredible story. Background that God's people have been in slavery and bondage for about 430 years in Egypt, they've been crying out to God, please help us, please help us, we need you, we're groaning, we're suffering, we're in a bad way, and God steps in, and he calls Moses to lead God's people, his people, the Hebrews, out of their bondage and into their future freedom. And I'm going to, can't read the whole story, but I'm picking up the story where God has appeared to Moses at a burning bush and called him. There's a bit of dialogue between them. And then God says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 16, we'll read some verses. Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me. He told me, I've been watching closely, and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites now live. I'm glad they were all easy. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. 
They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. We're going to chapter 4, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. I'd have jumped back and be still running if it happened to me, but that's another story. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him, then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. There's a whole lot of dialogue goes, in, goes on after that that we're not going to get into. We're just going to come to the closing in verse 20 of chapter 4. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and headed back to the land of Egypt, and his hand he carried the staff of God. I'm just going to pick up some of the points in this story. And just a bit of paraphrasing, if you like, God is speaking to Moses and he's saying, Moses, I want you to be engaged. I want you in helping God's people come out, not just out of the bondage, but into the freedom, into the destiny. I'm calling you, Moses, to serve, to minister, to help, to engage in the work of church life, so to speak, in Old Testament time, to fulfill and achieve what I have for them. Moses Basically, you've been going through the emotions for the past number of years. You've been living your comfortable life, easy life, looking after your family and your wife, and that's okay. But it's now time to get involved. It's now time to start serving others. You were not created to live a comfortable, easy, ozy life. You were called to get engaged in the needs and the problems of the world and to engage in church life to help try and make a difference. It's your time to make a difference, Moses. Are you in or are you out? To show that I was listening last week, if you're here. Moses, are you in or are you out? It's time for you to serve God's people. I have a purpose for your life. I have purpose all over you. And the story starts with God giving a promise, a promises to Moses. I'm calling you but you're going with my promises ringing in your ear. I know it's something different for you, Moses. I know it's time for you to step up to show that I was listening to Kathy when she preached as well. It's time for you to step up and get involved. And I'm backing you with all my promises. I'm backing you with my promise. Verse 12, God says, I will be with you. You will worship God at this very mountain. I, you will be successful. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably upon you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. This is an incredible story. This is incredible promises that God is given. This is an incredible project that God is causing Moses to get involved in. This is a promise of God to be successful, to get wealthy, to be delivered, to be in freedom, to be successful, to know his presence everywhere. It's an incredible promise.
project. Who amongst us would not want to get involved in something like this? Well, Moses. Moses decided, I don't want to engage in this. See, God started with a promise. Moses started with a protest. It was the promise and the protest. Just listen to the conversation a bit. In verse 10, God says, I am sending you. Verse 11, but Moses protested. Verse 12, I will be with you. Verse 13, but Moses protested. Let's end the chapter 3. You will strip Egypt of its wealth. Next verse. But Moses protested again. Lord, please send anyone else. Listen, I love Moses. That's great. But I would have got a bit short in patience long before God got short in patience here with Moses. Moses, he could have said, I have protected you from, but you should have died. But I put a plan in place where protected you, gave you a great education, a great family, put purpose all over you and made you successful in what you're doing. And despite your failings, your faults and your mistakes, you made big ones, Moses, despite all of these things, I am calling you to a life of purpose, to deliver my people, to serve my people, to lead my people. You are born for this, Moses. It's a great calling on your life, and you've got me looking after you and protecting you. This is what you were born for, Moses. This is something you should be engaged in. And I realize God is not asking us to do what Moses was called to do. The great hero of the faith, the great naming, Bible's times. And still is. But you know, he's still asking us to get involved and to get engaged in serving and helping God's people in church life. Even though it's a smaller scale, you might think, it's tell, I believe God is saying it's time to get involved. It's time to get engaged. But you know what? We can be so like Moses. And when God says it, we protest. We find cause, reasons, excuses not to get involved. Moses was full of them. Who am I? I'm an nobody. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh or to lead your people? If I go to the people, I will not be able to answer their questions and tell them why I'm doing this. What if they don't listen to me? What if they don't believe me? And it's not finished. This is just part of the process he's going through. Listen, God appears to him at a burning bush, speaks to him, tells him he's got a great call in his life with a great ministry and a promise of success and blessing all over his life. And then he comes in, I'm not good with words. I never have been. I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. God says, I'll be with you as you speak. Send someone else. I mean, I'd have been doing my head in. Okay, send someone else. And God said, tell you what, your brother Aaron, I'll tell you what to say. And then you tell it to him and he can speak better than you. But I'm telling you and you tell. This is the first incident of Chinese whispers ever recorded. Okay. God tells Moses, Moses tells Aaron and Aaron says it. But this is what it says about Moses. You will stand in place of God for him, telling him what to say. Wow. Listen to this. Moses, you're standing in the place of me. Telling Aaron what I'm saying so that he can communicate because you don't want to. Moses was full 
of protests and excuses. But listen, what about us? God's not calling us to bring the whole of Israel, the Hebrews, out of bondage into freedom. But he is calling us. He's saying it's time for us to step up. It's time for us to get engaged. We could be like, well, I'm not very good at that. It's not my ministry. Ever heard that one? I've heard that a hundred times. It's not my ministry, that. I, I can't be bothered doing that. This is the fire, but people might laugh at me. People might not want me to do that. What if I got involved but I mess up? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? What if I get somebody's name wrong at the door? What if I get too much milk and or sugar in somebody's cup? What if, I, what if I cause somebody to crash a car in the car park? What if it means I'm missing out because it's a bit of a commitment? What if I just keep making mistakes? I've tried that before, but I wasn't very good at it. Someone wasn't happy with me. Somebody shouted at me. Might need to get out of my bed early in the morning. I haven't got much that I can do. I've only got one talent. I'm not a five-talent person. Well, why not use your one talent? Use the one talent you've got. I'm too young. God spoke to Jeremiah and said, don't dare say you're too young. I'm calling you to get engaged, Jeremiah. Don't say you're too young. I'm too old. Listen, Caleb at 85 says, I'm taking mountains. There's stuff for me to do. Note Psalm 92 says of older people, they're still going to bear fruit and flourish in old age. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. You might be older than Jillian in here, but you're still vital and you're still fresh and flourishing and green. It can still contribute and get involved in church life. I'm not as good as others at that. What if a kid doesn't like me? Live in my world. <laughs> and that's my own kids I'm talking about. What if I put the wrong words on the screen? Listen, these are just some of the excuses that we can use. We can protest and say no. But God is saying, Moses, it's time to get engaged. Moses had a lot of what ifs. You know what? He was looking at the problems instead of the privilege. I've got some what ifs. Moses had hundreds. What if this happens? What if that happens? Listen, what if we did get involved? Hey, God started blessing us and your family and your church and your community. What if we change our mindset to, do I have to get involved and commit, engage in serving to a mindset of, I get to serve the living God? I get to serve God. I get to be part of seeing the church flourish. People added to it. People welcomed and growing in their faith. The presence of God being alive and children growing up to love Jesus all their life and see people free from bondages and delivered and walking the freedom that's got. I get to be part of that. I get to be part of what is the church of Jesus Christ, the greatest thing in planet Earth. What if I get a mindset of what a privilege it is to be involved in the greatest project and mankind is to see in the kingdom of God come to earth and people delivered and set free and growing and turning from sin and walking with Jesus Christ and spending eternity in heaven and walking in the freedom out of the bondages of sin. What if I get the privilege to be part of that? Wow, I'm in and not out. It's not, oh, do I have to? It's, wow, I get to do that. What if we looked out for ways to be engaged rather than excuses to be disengaged? 
For if, what if every part of the body functioned, the seen and the unseen, what a joy it would be to see God fulfilling his promises that when we honor him, he honors us. When we do it to the least of people, God says, you're doing it unto me and I'm going to bless you for it. What if we see when we give more of ourselves to him, he just gives more of himself to us. But listen, but we don't do it to get. Do you know how we do it? Because we love him and we love his church. And we love to bless him and to bless us. We recognize it is a privilege to be part of the body of Jesus Christ. Moses, this is the great I am calling you into the greatest project on the planet. Are you in or are you out? And Moses eventually says, okay, I'll get in. Moses, I haven't got that much to offer. And maybe you think today, I've not got that much to offer. I can't do much. Then God says this. What's that you've got in your hand? What's that you've got in your hand, Moses? What have you got in your hand? I'm not asking you to do what you can't do. I'm not asking you to give what you can't give. Moses, I recognize where you're at, and all I'm saying is, what have you got in your hand? You might think, I haven't got much talent, money, time. God is simply saying, what have you got? What's, what have you got in your hand, Moses? It's a shepherd's staff. It's a shepherd's staff. God says, you know what? You get engaged, you start to use what you've got in your hand, and now turn your natural into supernatural. If you get engaged, what have you got in your hand? Have you got a willing heart to give what's in your hand? And then we see God starts with a promise. Moses comes with a protest, but then he comes to realize there's a privilege. And then the power of God kicks in to this. There was a day, there was a bunch of thousands of folk, thousands of folk listening to Jesus and they couldn't get fed. And there's a little boy, somebody said to him, what have you got in your hand? Just get my packed lunch. Five loaves and juice lunch. Okay. Give what's in your hand. Just give what you've got. And God can turn that into something which could feed thousands and thousands. Oh, buddy, what have you got? I've just got a little bit of oil, enough for me, my boy. Tell you what, give it to God. Give what you've got. And what you'll see is miraculous, where there'll be enough for you and you'll get into an overflow period. Dave, what you've got, I've just got slinging some stones. You know what, we can slay giants where you're slinging stones if you just give it to God and put it in his hand. Too often we look at what other people have or we look at what we don't have instead of looking at what we do have. God, this morning, today, is simply saying to you, what have you got in your hand? That you can engage in church life. I can only do some practical things. Wonderful. We need some practical people kicking about. I've got some great computer skills. That's great. I've got some great administration ability. How can that be used? That'd be great. We need these type of things. I've just got a bit of time. I've got a car. I've got a home. What have you got in your hand? I've only got a little bit of money. I've went enough to sponsor one, say, compassion kid. Wow. What if that kid grew up to be the leader of the nation? I can only give up, can they one, only take one McDonald's a month, that's all I can afford. I'm, I'm giving that up for give up to give. What if that was used to deliver somebody from slavery and bondage? 
Okay, you do it for God, and God can do what only God can do. I've got some creative skill. We need some creative people kicking about. Organization skills. I'm a great painter, I'm a great electrician, I'm a great decorator. It just reminds me. Okay, right, I won't say it. I just love people. Okay, we can get you loving people. I can help people. I've got an ability to create wealth. That's great. We need people with an ability to create wealth. I'm a great team maker. Wonderful. I can bake and go. That's great. We need people. Listen, what can you do? What have you got in your hand? That's all God is saying to you. What have you got in your hand? And you might think it's not much. Most, it was a staff. It was a, it was, it was a stick. Because you know what? That's a great place for us to meet together and for you to get engaged. Because it's an incredible project, Moses. And when we can take this staff, we can make it something incredible. And we can do great things for God. This morning, where are you at? Where are you at? Noticing really incredible here. When we put into his hand what we have in our hand, miracles can happen. You might not think it's much just to do a little bit, but God can make it miraculous. Look at this story. What's in your hands? Moses, what's in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Just something natural, something that I use every day and I take it for granted. I just use it. Never thought much about it. It's just something that I've got. It's a natural thing. It's a stick. What we read is Moses' staff. But then he engaged and he began to get involved in serving and fulfilling what he was asked. In the last verse we read, as Moses decided, okay, I'll get involved. And then he headed back to Egypt. I'll read this verse again. He headed back to the land of Egypt. In his hand, he carried the staff of God. Incredible is that? It was Moses' staff. It was a stick. It was just something that he had, natural thing that he had. But then he says, okay, I'll get engaged. I'm going to use what I've got in my hand. And that became not Moses' staff, but the staff of God. How incredible is that? One version says this. So Moses put his wife and sons on donkeys and headed for Egypt, holding the walking stick that had the power of God. How incredible is that? This morning, what have you got in your hand? God has given us promises that when we engage in his project, his calling to build the church, to serve the church, to see his kingdom extended in our communities. He says, I'm backing you, I'm sending you, I've called you, it's going to be successful. But you need to get involved and engaged in what I'm doing. Moses had a lot of protests, what ifs. And maybe you've got some what ifs. This one, what if I do get engaged? What's it going to cost me? What's it going to mean? Now, it might cost you some things. It might cost you your time, your effort, your energy. It might mean a bit less, coming to early, doing things. But I want to tell you, you can never give and engage with God and lose out. 
you can just gain more and more of what God's got for you in your life. But we need a mindset, you know. We had the kids thing this morning, and we do need more kids work because we need more people involved in all areas of our life. And I will say as pastor and leader of the church, I don't want people to begin and say to kids work, to say, oh, I have to do it because Jillian asked. I want to, oh, I have to serve at the door because they're asking. I want people with a heart and a mindset that says, you know what, what a privilege it is that I get to do this, that I get to serve God, that I get to serve the church, that I get to help people park their cars. You have no idea that I get to help people welcome the door, that I get to see kids growing and loving Jesus, that I get to do, that I get to serve cups of tea, that I get to do, we'll get there sometime soon, we're going to get there again. If you are oh, having to do it grudgingly, please don't because that will come through in how you do it. But if we realize, Moses came to, what a privilege I have. The great I am is calling me into the great I am service. And all he's saying is, I'm not asking you to do, I give what you haven't got, but what have you got? What's in your hand, Moses? Just a stick. You may think, I've just got a little bit of skills here, I can do a little bit here, I've got a time here. But when you engage and you give what's in your hand to God, God can turn it from natural into supernatural and it becomes the staff of God. Can we stand? And Gary will lead us in a song to finish. What's in your hand this morning? We're just going to pause for a moment because I don't know, but I'm just trusting and believing God's speaking to different people in here this morning. And it's asking you, what's in your hand? What have you got? And it doesn't, we think, oh, it has to be, oh, I'm a great preacher, I'm a great singer. No. Practically, what have you got in your hand that you can help the church in practical areas? You've got some skills, you've got some ability, you've got stuff that you can do. Every time you've got things that you could, resources that could be used. This morning, Father God, I just pray by your spirit, you'll just drop, you'll just connect with people in this house this morning. Father, thank you for the promise that you've given us that you are building your church, Jesus. The gates of hell will not prevail. That we're on the winning side. That, Jesus, you're going to see people set free and loose. You're going to see your kingdom extended in our life, in our world, in our community, in our nation. Father God, help us not to be those who protest. Help us not to be those filled with excuses of why not, or how we can't. But let us come with an attitude, how can I? What can I do? How can I get involved? To recognize the privilege we have of serving the living God, the great I am, the one we sing about and worship, the one who set us free, the one who's redeemed us, the one who's bought us. We belong to you and all we have is yours. And simply this morning, you're not asking us to go to the ends of the world and do incredible things. You're just simply saying to us in this house, what's in your hand? What have you got? And if you're engaging in my purpose and engaging in serving, if you're making a decision, I'm going to get to do stuff. I want to do stuff to help see your name honoured in this house. This morning, help us to respond to that question for what's in our hand. And we just give it to you this morning and say we're willing to give it to you. And Father, I thank you that what is natural and what seems like next to nothing you're going to do miraculous things with and see the power of God. We give you what's in our hand this morning. Our staffs, whatever that looks like, 
And Father, I thank you that it's not just going to be our staff, but it's beginning to come the staff of God to see your name honored and your kingdom extended and people freed into all that you've got for them and others round about us. In Jesus' name, amen.